it's been a long, however long it's been since you listened to the last one of these. Um, maybe you're getting ready for sleep. Maybe you just need a break. But we are so, so happy to have you here with us on the Empty Bowl, a meditative podcast about cereal. My name is Justin McRoy, and I'm a cereal enthusiast. And my name is Dan Goubert, and I am a, well, I am an electric aquatic creature that has the ability to see the future. In other words, a seer eel. <laughs> this, uh, this show is true service journalism. And what does that mean to you, the consumer? Well, it means that we're going to provide you a, a, a much needed, we assume, respite from the troubles of the world and of your day-to-day life where, where for 30 minutes you are not just encouraged, but if I may, strongly encouraged to, to think only of cereal, a little mental mind break hear about some of the uh, news going on in the world of cereal. Uh, we'll get some thoughts from Dan and occasionally myself about some new cereal releases, how those stack up. Um, and then in the third segment, we'll, we'll cut loose a little bit and, and have a bit more, uh, a bit more fun with a different segment. But um, first off, as promised, Dan, I'd love to hear what's going on in in the world of cereal. What are what are some of the big revelations lately? Is it is this right? Am I seeing a Fruit Loops product? Not only a Fruit Loops product, but a Fruit Loops product that is mixing up the cereal game in a mega new way. Wow! These are, these are Fruit Loops mega mix-ups. So you may recall that recently Fruit Loops did a color mix-ups where all the Fruit Loops colors were all swirled together and crazy like that. Uh, So in keeping with their theme of changing the structure of a cereal without changing anything fundamental about the cereal itself, these Fruit Loops mega mix-ups, you know, instead of mixing up different flavors or anything, they simply mix regular-sized Fruit Loops with mega-sized Fruit Loops from the presumably from the fruit loops jumbo snacks line of uh cereal snack pouches and i mean i don't think there's anything fundamentally bad or unlikable about this idea i do like a a contrasting mouthfeel a nice playground for the palate so i think this will feel really nice to eat to have that sort of differing mega crunch versus your average everyday layman's crunch (laughs) But I wish they had, like, you know, maybe mixed in some of the wild berry Fruit Loops or something to to give it some additional appetite intrigue. Yeah, this is this is uh, the the mix up. I I I would be hard pressed to decide on a cereal trend that I am more sort of bored by. It um, licensed cereals with uh, cake flavored Loops. Mm-hmm. Or uh, mega mix-ups, because there are any mix-ups really where you're just you take the two cereal pipes and point them at one box. Yeah, um, it really bums me out. I mean, this is like I don't know. I, I'm worried that that you know Kellogg's will be shut down for this sort of wild innovation running unchecked, where they have big ones and small ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe if they had um, even included like tiny loops, also microscopic loops. No, that's loops. something. Throw some tiny tricks in there. Just for for the heck of it. Just Russian nesting loops all the way down. Yeah. Um, 
okay, I, 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 without saying what this is, this made me feel like it's something I've seen before, but I, I don't know why this seems so familiar to me. Because this isn't the first time that Kellogg's has partnered with Minecraft to produce a Minecraft-themed cereal. So this is Minecraft Frosted Flakes, which is just Frosted Flakes with marshmallows, but the marshmallows that they're using are Creeper Bit Marshmallows, which are basically just little, you know, two-toned green cube marshmallows, which... I mean, I I think they could have done a lot more with the Minecraft brand here, especially because that earlier Minecraft cereal, the actual Creeper Crunch, I thought that was a really good cereal. It wasn't anything that was extraordinary, but it was a, a, a nice, airy, cinnamon-flavored cereal that was one of the best-tasting licensed cereals of recent memory. So it's... Mm -hmm. I mean, we, these are, as near as I can tell, just the marshmallows from from that. I mean, they are... Correct. Like the these these creeper bit marshmallows appear to be the same ones from Minecraft Creeper Crunch. Right. Correct. It just it seems like a strange trend with Kellogg's, who you know will do plenty of licensed cereals in their own right, but when it comes to Frosted Flakes, they they really like to give Tony top billing over whatever property they're pairing with. Because we had the Star Wars Frosted Flakes the Pandora Flakes, and now That's Minecraft great. Frosted Flakes, where yeah. it just seems like Tony doesn't want to share box real estate with any of the actual beloved characters from these individual properties. He has to steal the spotlight from himself. But you know what? I guess, I guess he deserves it. And he is a Twitch streamer now, so I think this, That's this true, pairing yeah. kind of makes point. sense. That's a great point. Uh, I was... I was uh very excited to see the turtles back in the in the cereal game. Yeah, I mean, there's it, a new until you know until I, you <laughs> until you actually saw it and saw what this cereal is. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem cereal. This is a corn puff and marshmallow cereal. At the very least, this is a Kawabunga cinnamon apple corn puff cereal with marshmallows. And at the very least. I do like the marbits that they used here where, surprisingly, there are four distinctly colored marbits, each made to look like one of the different Ninja Turtles. So that's generally more marbit innovation than you see in a typical licensed cereal, even if it's still a corn puffed based cereal that's going to taste pretty forgettable. I mean, if you go back to uh, Ninja Turtle cereals of years past... Oh. The most notable one being uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cereal that also wasn't particularly creative. It basically just took Chex pieces and called them crunchy sweetened ninja nets and had all these different Ninja Turtle marshmallows that were mostly shaped like the different weapons, uh, except for the one case where they had an additional evolution of that cereal, a, a limited edition release that included pizza-shaped marshmallows. I don't know if you're looking at that box that I linked for I'm you I'm currently there. looking at the box right now. They look fantastic. Pizza-shaped marshmallows have to be probably the greatest marshmallow, cereal marshmallow that I have seen. I, um, I, I, I understand what you're saying about them not being particularly uh, creative. I will say, though, um, I miss this combo of Marbit and uh, Rice Check or, or Check Shape at all. Like... This was really well employed in the the Spider-Man animated series. 
um, serial of memory serves where it was like the the nets uh, of the uh, mm. the checks pieces and the, some marbits along. That's a really good combination. I really miss that. I don't think anybody is doing that right now. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems strange that checks has sort of cordoned itself off as a no nonsense cereal brand now that yeah. will not debase or make itself less mature by adding marshmallows. So I don't know if we'll ever we'll ever see that again. But I, this, I do uh, agree. This- this box art you sent me also, I have to mention on the side of the box, there's an image of Raphael saying, um, hey, free pie dudes, it's an awesome deal. Kids, cut out this coupon, give it to mom, and tell her the next time she buys a Hostess brand Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pie, she'll get a second pie for free. Delicious Hostess brand Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pies feature green frosted shells packed full of vanilla pudding power. Pudding power. Pudding power. And then it says they're the ultimate in something. I think it might be wisdom, but that doesn't seem right. I do like that in the scan of the box too. That's that I found on Flickr. Somebody already cut out that coupon. Yeah, that coupon is they gone. Took that that to the bank. bank for sure. Did you yeah. ever? Did you ever have the Ninja yes. Turtles pies? Yeah, they, oh, were, they were before great. my time. They were so. great. Man, they were great. I used to love host Hostess pies. If you've never eaten one, get a Hostess pudding pie. You probably see them at the gas station every time you go. Grab one sometime and just treat yourself because it is a really outrageous experience. Is the is the puddin with the with the apostrophe? Is that part of the official branding? Um, no, I think it's to make it clear that it does not need to be um, refrigerated. <laughs> uh, I see. <laughs> is that kind of puddin? Yeah. So there were also two other Ninja Turtle cereals, but I think we sh- we can talk about those in our third segment, which I have kind of designed around that 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 motif. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Um, uh, legally obligated to mention uh, that the, there's a new uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch spinoff product. Mm-hmm. So Cinnamon Toast Dunkaroos are on the way. This is basically just, you know, your typical Dunkaroos, but instead of having normal Dunkaroos frosting, they come with Cinnadust infused frosting as well. And I don't know, have you had Dunkaroos since they were rebooted? Uh yeah, they are bad. Bad? You think they're bad? I do not. I do not enjoy the cookies. I think the cookies are a little bit bland, um, and not particularly uh, pleasurable to dunk. I found that is in my in my personal opinion. Yeah, they're very. They're too small. They're like quarter yeah. sized basically. I think in order to get a satisfying dunk, they need to be like, I don't know, spoon shaped or something like those. Uh, what do you call those potato chips that are specifically? geometrically architected to be dipped yeah the the original dunkaroo pieces were like um if i had to guess like one inch by two and a half inches maybe they were i don't know what you would like half a credit card lengthwise um they're much more aesthetically put like a club cracker they're club cracker sized how's that Mm -hmm. for 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 easier dunking yeah Not, not enough real estate not enough meal estate anymore not enough meal estate Um, Dan, I, uh, I would love to hear about this Pebbles cereal pop. I did want to tell you though, I tracked down, uh, Berry Pebbles, Mm. uh, which is one I was really excited about. And, uh, I just kind of echoing what you said last, last week, um, maybe with a bit more enthusiasm. I thought it was a very, uh, solid entry. Um, I definitely needed, uh, and wish it had a bit more of that tang 
that you found in like wildberry mm. um, Fruit Loops, which I know I talk about a lot, but like a little bit more berry tang, like a little bit more of that tartness, I feel like would have done a really, um, a really, uh, uh, a, a lot of help. Yeah. See, I saw somebody say that this that the berry pebbles were the closest they had tasted to a modern Smurf berry crunch, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to cross reference with Justin on that one. Would you say that it is accurate? close? I mean, again, Nothing. time yeah. like an ocean has has <laughs> whisked away the the specifics of this flavor, but there did there was a tickle in in the back of my head. There was definitely a little bit of oh okay, but I get that with a lot of berry cereals. But this was definitely a, a pleasant berry. It's just uh, not one that I would be like reaching for. It doesn't it, that, that original Fruit Loops flavor or sorry Fruity Pebbles flavor is just like. So classic, it's really hard to top. Mm, yeah, unfortunate. So, what about this uh, Pebbles uh, Pop, though? See, I was very pleasantly surprised by these. It's probably because I've never had anything from like this Cookie Pop line of popcorns before. Like, mm-hmm. have you? Um, I've tried some of their. Uh, sometimes Five Below has like. Uh, a a chocolatey version of this. I'm not exactly sure which which one it is. Yeah, because I went in kind of just expecting that this would be a pretty dry, like straightforward mixing of cereal and popcorn. I didn't realize that. I think part of the cookie pop and cereal pop now gimmick is that the pieces are also just basted and glazed with this sort of sweet white sauce, also right. as a binding agent. So it's less like just popcorn and cereal, and more like a caramel corn like confection that instead uh, traps the cereal and adheres it to the popcorn piece using this, this crazy sweet binding agent. And I think it works really well in this case. Like it's the cocoa pebbles one. Um, I mean, I would have liked a little bit more chocolate flavor just because like the, whatever white sweet stuff is going on there. It could have been brown sweet stuff as far as I'm concerned, but yeah. I'm nitpicking that. It's still a very creamy and dense popcorn eating experience that I enjoyed. And it's a lot lighter and more aggressively munchable than having like an actual dense piece of chocolate, even though I am kind of a, a density addict when it comes to, to decadent desserts or sweet treats. But with the Fruity Pebbles one especially, I think that combo worked really well because we've seen a lot of instances of like different uh, fruity pebbles confections that just combine this not even quite white chocolatey sweet white stuff with uh, the fruity pebbles flavor that we all know to give this like almost fruity yogurt faux imitation of that effect and I think that it's funny how we often talk on this show about how we don't like corn based cereal products but when it comes to popcorns and cereal I feel like it's an impeccable track record so far from the Captain yeah. Crunch popcorn. The uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch popcorn was good. When the HEB cereals had that popcorn in them, that was great. And now with the cereal pops as well, I think it works really well. So my new addendum to our corn rule is that as long as a corn-based cereal product is proud and willing to wear its corniness on its sleeve, <laughs> then I think things will go a lot better. Like, look at cornflakes. Nothing wrong with those. Yeah, I mean, and this will be my regular reminder that uh, caramel corn is one of the great cereal additions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever need something to add a little bit of textural variety and flavor, oh, man, you just can't beat caramel popcorn. 
It improves almost every cereal. I say it's more universal than Marbets, maybe. Whoa, bold. I know. I know. I will say, though, that my only... Uh, the only drawback I see to this, this cereal pop is that, as with any time that I eat popcorn, I seem to just weirdly magnetically attract the holes to the crevasses of my teeth. And with this sure. one especially, with all the cocoa pebbles and fruity pebbles flinging around the the old bag it's hard for me to tell what is being stuck in my teeth or, or what i don't know it's weird it's a weird textural thing for me but i can get over it for for something this tasty um it's it's uh it's in i feel kind of like if i'm gonna pay someone to make popcorn for me which i could definitely do at home I think they should get all the holes. You know, I just feel like get all the holes for me. As long as you're at it, you're a big company. Figure out how to get those holes out. <laughs> what are they gonna do with a big bag of holes afterward, though? <laughs> That's a really good <laughs> that is a cursed object. Perfect for composting. <laughs> I uh, recently did a new cookie recipe, very sort of like down the middle chocolate chip, but I tossed a bunch of. Uh, Rice Krispies in there made for a really interesting, light, crispy texture. And it made me realize like cereal and cookies. What a great, con- I love, I love both of them so much. I love making cookies with cereal, but luckily that beautiful little squishy guy over at Pillsbury has, <laughs> has taken the, taken the gig over for me. Yeah. Pillsbury has two new soft baked cookies that you can get in either cinnamon toast crunch or lucky charms varieties. And these have been found at Walmart thus far. I was only able to find the Lucky Charms one, unfortunately, despite the fact that I drove to, like, a Walmart that is, like, three Walmarts outside of my typical Walmart (laughs) radius just to find these things. That's how we all measure distance. Yeah. But I did find the Lucky Charms one, and unfortunately, they're not... I mean... I'm not going to be so snobbish as to say that they are not tasty when I put them in my mouth and eat them and taste them and enjoy them, but the the relation to anything that could be tangibly called Lucky Charms or cereal is so slim that if you had eaten these blind, there's no way you could guess that these were Lucky Charms cookies because, like, there's nothing involving the actual Lucky Charms oat pieces at play here. It's only the Marbits, oh. and even then, these are, like, borderline Marbit shavings that they have put into these cookies. Like... You can't see the recognizable shapes at all, which again is kind of silly considering they're now doing the Lucky Charms minis, meaning that they have miniaturized marbits that they could have put in these and given it a more distinct marshmallowian flavor. But instead they kind of just taste like blondies or whatever you would call a normal kind of sugar cookie. It just like sugar shaving. I mean, is that like, like almost like sprinkles kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a little visual intrigue to them, but nothing... I mean, you can see why Lucky the Leprechaun didn't want to put his face on this product. And I don't think it's his (laughs) finest, most magically delicious work. But I I would say look for the Cinnamon Toast Crunch ones if you're going to go there. It makes sense why the store was sold out of all those ones and there were still a dozen of these left. Yeah. Dan, I think about cereal history a lot. The the history of of all things cereal. Uh, And you you had what sounds to be a lovely segment here uh about just happy cereals quite literally mm-hmm. you know me i'm a happy smiley guy yeah and one of my favorite 
foods is a uh, smiley fries even so i am oh, yeah, very much attracted to any food stuff that that comes in a smiley face shape and you'd be mm-hmm. surprised at just how many cereals over the years have used smiley face shaped pieces so i will walk you and our dear listeners through a quick uh smiley happy history of smiley face cereals so first we had Kaboom cereal was the original smiley faced cereal. And this one came out came out back in 1969 and is a clown and circus themed cereal that basically pairs these clown face shaped pieces with uh, circus shaped marbits. And even though there's many smiley faced cereals that came after this one, I think these ones are the most appealing to actually look at. They are the creepiest mm. in the way that they echo the face of a clown, but they're also the only smiley-faced cereal pieces that I know of that actually have noses as well. So Yeah, that's true. that's huge. Especially that's if tough. you're to position one of the marbits on top of that nose, you would get a perfect edible facsimile of a clown. And Kaboom is also strangely probably best known for making a cameo in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume 1 as... <laughs> a place where the Vernita Green character hit a gun. Uh, so, oh, I don't wow, know. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino loved to sneak random cereals in his movies. Like, Fruit Brute is in Pulp Fiction, too, which is a great trivia bit for any cereal fans. Uh, so then, seven years later, we got Grins and Smiles and Giggles and Laughs cereal, which is the name of one cereal, <laughs> a lot. by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's a lot. And this... This cereal had a had, had crazy lore behind it. It's about a talking machine named Cecil who makes grins and smiles and giggles and laughs a cereal when the four characters who are named grins, smiles, giggles, and laughs, their job is to make this cantankerous machine laugh. And as he does, it produces this cereal that is shaped like smiley faces. As far as I can see, this was just a, like a sweet, crunchy corn cereal. And, yeah. you know, not the most memorable in terms of flavor, but I think having these, much like why I like Captain Crunch so much, is having, like, a distinct mythology behind your cereal and all the characters is really appealing to me. And, I don't know, this one introduced several characters who obviously never got their due in terms of any further memorable lineage, but the I think the the remarkable part being that Grins and Smiles and Giggles and Laughs was probably the first instance ever of a female cereal mascot because Giggles was indeed a woman. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hall- Huge Hallmark. Progress. Yeah. So from there, we moved to nine years later when Cabbage Patch Kids cereal dropped. And this one, even more boring flavorfully really than rough. Grins and Smiles and Giggles and Laughs. It's creepy. Definitely creepy. Uh, But this was marketed as an especially low-sugar cereal to make it appealing to parents. And so, you know, all the reviews that I'm seeing on the Mr. Breakfast listing for this were saying that it was pretty not especially great. But I do like the box art for these because there were a lot of different boxes and they had these different Cabbage Pats dolls in idyllic slice-of-life type scenarios. And you don't really get that kind of full-color dioramic photography on cereal boxes anymore. So I do... I do give them credit for that. It looks like someone made Parmesan crisps in the shape of small children's faces. Yeah, they are very flat and thin and crispy. Yeah. And they look like they would hurt your mouth. <laughs> but 
from there we go to 1988 where we find Morning Funnies cereal. And yeah, I believe this, this is one, one that you have a history with. Oh yeah, man. This this Why hits. don't you tell us about Morning Funnies cereal? Uh, again, all all from my own rapidly fading memory, but I I this one hits the nostalgia so hard that when I saw it in this list, like I actually got a little like choked up. Like it was just this perfect memory of we used to have a um at the house I lived in as a, as a kid, we had a um a lazy Susan in the kitchen. If you don't know what this is, it's like underneath a cabinet or underneath a, uh, a countertop, a sort of rotating thing that you can store a lot of stuff uh, under a counter with. And that's where we would keep our cereals in like the far left side of the lazy Susan and opening up that lazy Susan and seeing this cereal, which I mean, colorful beyond measure, like so bright with these happy, happy faces. And there was this great gimmick where you could open up the box and like read um, comic strips that have been printed on the box. Um, and it's, it was like this perfect amalgam of like fun kids activity built right into the cereal and the cereal um, memory serves was a, a fairly, you know, standard sort of fruity pebbles or sorry, fruit loops esque uh, vibe. But um, yeah, this one really, this one really hits me. And as far as I understand, these were like actual comic strips that you could find in the newspaper. These weren't just like things invented for the cereal box. Yeah, yeah. They weren't created for this. This was like a real, they were real. And it was a fold out like sort of fake back um, on the box, if, if memory serves, that you could uh, unfold to read like just lots of different comics. Wow, huge. Uh, so then closing it out. With our smiley face cereal history, we have 1991's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cereal exclusive to Canada. So, where America was doing Ninja Nets and Marshmallows, uh, Canada kind of cut right to the chase and filled an entire box with these neon green turtle heads that are smiling very uncannily, but I feel like this is the kind of level of, like, greenness that you just can't find in cereals nowadays this nickelodeon slime level of green that is that is unparalleled and i just think they're beautiful to look at yeah i i think it is specific to the time this kind of ties into those those pudding pops but like also the the box of ecto cooler mm. was part of this like they there i think there's a certain sliver of a generation where like this flavor which nature has has not encouraged <laughs> for us as a sweet thing, just really gets me salivating. Like I really this this particular neon green, which is should not appear in a natural form. Really, makes nature me gave us so many beautiful shades of green, but our yeah. hubris said that it's not enough. <laughs> Radioactive green is the one where they're like, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, uh, and then. The most recent Smiley Face cereal was, in fact, 2016's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cereal, which brought back that Smiley Face turtle head shape. But this time... It's a heck of a sculpt. I mean, it's a really impressive piece. Yeah, this one being the only one that I've actually consumed personally, I can attest that they have a very supple and smooth and rounded mouthfeel that was very, very pleasant. And this one kind of took a hard pivot from that radioactive neon green and intentionally did not use any artificial colors so instead you have these four turtle heads that still try to be colored like the four respective ninja turtles so you have 
the red, orange, and purple pretty well represented, but then, unfortunately, Leonardo's blue is a very, very dusky indigo that is a very, very phantasmic and, and faint, but this was still a very, very tasty, like, half Fruit Loops, half Tricks type cereal that was unfortunately gone too soon, and now, you know, with the way that things are kind of regressing in terms of cereal piece shape, kind of all the, any geometric innovation goes towards Marbits. I just don't know when the day might come again that we'll see another smiley-faced cereal. Yeah. You can always hope, though, Dan. Mm-hmm. You can always you never know. put on a happy face and hope. Um, thank you so much for listening to our, our program. We hope you have, have enjoyed this, this little respite. Um, Dan, who else do we uh, owe gratitude to today? We'd like to thank Chris Zabriskie for our opening theme of The Sun is Scheduled to Come Out Tomorrow, Bria Davis for our amazing podcast branding, as well as M. Loper and Samuel Rardin for designing our Empty Bowl merchandise. Um, if you would uh, like to support our show and the work we do here, that would be really nice of you. You can go to bowl.rest. You can pledge anywhere from a dollar to $10 a month to help support the show. Uh, half of that uh, will actually go to a, a local shelter for people experiencing homelessness in my region. So you're helping a lot. You're doing a lot of good with that with that donation, and we and we really appreciate it. But that is going to do it for us for this week. Um, so until next time, for Dan Bear, my name is Justin McElroy, and as always, don't forget to use your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hostess Pudding Pie coupon. At a supermarket near you. <laughs> but near you, but in the past. Yeah. <laughs>